This is the Entrepreneurial CPA Podcast, teaching millennials how to think outside the box to become entrepreneurial leaders by reconceptualizing the industry therein. Brought to you by C3 Evolution Group with your host, Christopher Sakelli. Welcome to the Entrepreneurial CPA Podcast, where we sit down with some of the top emerging leaders in the public accounting landscape in hopes to learn some of their keys to success. We hope everyone listening can learn a few things that can be applied to their everyday work life to better improve themselves personally and professionally. Today, we are lucky to have Adam Howe, co-founder of Summit CPA Group, a firm that is breaking all the barriers on what is typically considered your standard accounting firm. I'll allow Adam to explain a little bit more in detail as we progress. Additionally, the the Summit CPA Group was recently awarded the first ever Innovation Award by the Indiana CPA Society. Congratulations, Adam, and welcome. Thank you. So, Adam, um, I'll just kind of allow you to uh, explain a little bit about your firm, what makes it different, uh, not only why were you considered for this innovation award by the Indiana, Indiana CPA Society, but uh, what are the, some of the reasons that you would, uh, have, did win that award? And uh, just go ahead and explain kind of how you got caught up in this industry and how you started this firm and, uh, you know, some of that good stuff. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, the reason why we got the award and what makes us uh, different from most of the other accounting firms out there is how we deliver our services. So in most traditional firms, you go and you visit um, you visit your CPA or maybe your CPA goes out to your location, but they're all usually within the same geographic area, whether you're doing audits or bookkeeping or any kind of uh, traditional consulting services. Our clients, however, are all over the U.S. So we started out with a client that was in the digital space, um, and they leveraged a lot of technology. Their people were distributed, meaning they had 50 employees all over the country. We thought that was a pretty cool concept. We started talking to them about being their CFO, helping to manage their cash, pay bills, do things like that, really focus on forecasting, being as proactive as possible in our delivery. So not only... Not only is it how we deliver our services, all of our meetings are virtual. We, we go through, like, we deliver them all through GoToMeetings or Zoom, some kind of virtual conferencing software. Um, we, we leverage, um, you know, QBO and any other kind of cloud-based software that we can. Um, and, then, and then, as I mentioned, our, their team was all over the place, so we had to figure out different tools. And, and different ways to communicate. And then we realized, well, not only does, since our clients are distributed and they're all over the country, why can't we be all over the country? So instead of looking for just local talent where we were at, we decided that we should branch out a little bit and start looking for, you know, in other states and other areas where we can find some really cool people. In fact, our first distributed person was somebody that had moved. Um, they were in our office, and they decided to, they had to move because their spouse was getting a new position. And luckily for us, we were set up into a manner that we could, you know, with our server and everything, that we could allow them to move and just stay a part of the team. So what we did was that was our, that was our first introductory to, um, you know, a distributed team member. From that point forward, we just started hiring people outside of the state, outside of the city, that kind of a thing, um, so that we could get a little bit more of a diverse culture, bring in some different perspectives. Um, you know, just that way our clients were in the same we, – we, our clients were distributed and our teams distributed. So the way we deliver that is uh, pretty unique. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. So kind of in my experience, I've heard of some firms 
thinking about doing some remote work, having people all over the country. But at times, I feel like maybe they don't want. They say, "Well, you know, we're differentiated. We're differentiated because our firm has great customer service." I hear that a lot. So, what do you do to maintain that good customer service that um, not only brings in clients but then retains them going forward? Yeah, I mean, a lot of that stuff's permission to play. I mean, it's, uh, you know, of course, I don't go in telling anybody that I can do their tax return better than, than what the guy down the street can do um, because, you know, that's just an expectation. Same way with being a strong bookkeeper. Again, it's our culture that's a little bit different, and it's how we deliver the services. And, and in that, a lot of times, whatever I was speaking to a, a potential new client the other day, and he was saying, hey, my, my, you know, my accountant that I've been working with for four or five years um, says they can do the same stuff that you're offering. You know, what's the difference? And I said, well, the, the primary difference is they can accommodate for it. Of course they can do bookkeeping. Of course they can do forecasting. Of course they can do tax returns. But we're built for it. So we built all of our processes, all of our tools, all of our systems around delivering the service this way and for this particular um, subset of business. And and uh, so because of that, again, everybody can kind of do it if you, you know, it, it's, not, uh, it's not rocket science by any means, but um, being built for it and accommodating two totally different perspectives. And then whenever it comes to actually um, carrying out that service, so that wins us the business, but that's how we keep it and retain it. Um, those other places that, uh, you know, it's outside of their comfort zone, it, it becomes apparent pretty fast and they end up switching. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I, I think those clients who are definitely more forward-thinking, they can see the benefit in what you have to offer, and uh, I can totally see how that brings in clients, and it just kind of sells itself, really, in my opinion. So, obviously, Summit CPA Group has had a lot of, a lot of success, and it's you know, kind of been uh, confirmed with the Innovation Award that you were just recently win, uh, won. So in the past years, you know, with all the successes that you have had, um, what would you say has contributed most to those successes? And in addition, what motivates you to reach these goals? Well, the motivation is always just being better. I mean, we, uh, we talk about it as a culture at Summit CPA that, you know, the only thing that I can promise you is what we're doing and how we're doing it today won't be how we're going to do it tomorrow. So we pride ourselves on, on uh, you know, being first adapters with uh, whether it's technology or you know any other kinds of methodology, we try to always push the envelope and and get those people um, on the team that kind of think that same way and can help us kind of further that cause. I mean that's that's really the motivation is just to kind of be different. Um, we enjoy going to seminars with other. Um, colleagues and stuff and just kind of listening to how they're doing things and kind of explaining what we do and how we do it and helping them and so uh, you know it's just it's just kind of a fun experience to have that way so that's really the, yeah. the motivation okay and you, yeah you're talking definitely knowing the firms kind of build uh, it's heavy on in advanced technology and uh, doing a lot of remote work obviously um, so I'm really interested in the technology side of this. It, you know, kind of where do you see the profession going, kind of the accounting industry as a whole? Uh, where do you see it going? And, uh, you know, those changes, when do, we, when do you start to expect those to kind of like take place? Um, how, with, with technology uh, advancing so rapidly, 
Um, do you ever expect the technology to kind of replace the standard accountant? Another kind of multi-part question, uh, question there for you. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think to some degree it's already replaced the standard accountant. Um, you know, but I think that along with that, it's really enhanced our ability to deliver services. So instead of reporting a lot of after-the-fact stuff, the client's already got that. In fact, the client now has real-time stuff. So they have all their information at their fingertips. The thing that's uh, – so, so do I ever see the accountant going away? Um, well, maybe if you're planning on just doing tax returns and being 1040 central, I'm sure there's software already that can do the majority of that, and it won't be long mm -hmm. before um, that stuff's replaced. Same with basic bookkeeping tasks. I mean, things are getting uh, a lot better about being able to read information coming in and out, you know, in terms of the electronic information. But whenever we go around the country speaking and, and uh, you know, kind of talking about the services that we provide, we give everybody the tools. We tell them the technology to use, and we'll, we'll give them our, you know, I guess our secret sauce, if you will, in terms of the reports. Because it's not necessarily the data. It's how you pull the data together and the story that you tell with the data that's important. And no, I don't think a machine or any technology is really going to be able to do that. I think right now the most important things for clients are dashboards. Again, they want all that information right at their fingertips okay. all the time, but they need somebody on their team that can deliver that um, and tell the story in the right way that they can help make them uh, make the right decisions in their business, and that's what we do. And I think that's what's a little bit different. Again, we're not, we're not reporting on what happened last month or two months or three months ago. We're saying, hey, based on this information, this is what the next 12 months look like. And here it is month by month, and this is what we're going to do to achieve our goals. And then we monitor certain key performance indicators that drive each business uh, to make sure that we understand the direction that the company is going. Yeah, it definitely sounds like your firm offers more than just, hey, here's your tax return or, hey, we've done your last two months of bookkeeping. Um, it definitely offers a more kind of like holistic view uh, to help the business day-to-day -day on the financial side. And, uh, you know, I think that's definitely beneficial for business owners. So I can absolutely see why what you're offering is extremely different than what a lot of your traditional accounting firms uh, do offer. So it kind of leads me into my next question. You know, when you graduated college, what was kind of the mindset that you had? Um, did you always see yourself kind of wanting to do something cutting edge like this? Or what kind of happened uh, as you were working in the field that made you say, okay, hey, I want to do something different here? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, right out of school, I, I knew public accounting was the way to go. It was kind of the uh, the boot camp of the industry, and you know, that's where you go to win all your medals, and then you get to enjoy your glory working in private company somewhere. Somebody picks you up, and you kind of you go from there. Um, but I think early on, starting in public accounting, I developed this professional curiosity that I think is important for everybody uh, to have. Um, you know, wanting to know how to do things a little bit different um, and, and how to understand how to make that business better. So I, what I really developed and, and had the opportunity to do was work with a lot of small business owners, whether it's a, a retail shop, a manufacturing shop, a construction person, and I wanted to know how that business worked, how that business made money. That's what I really wanted to know. Um, and, and those are the services that we kind of built everything around. So um, public accounting kind of also developed this uh, this ADD, if you would, that um, if, if I tried to slow it down um, and go into private 
sector accounting, I think it would be a little difficult to just get my mind around one one client, one one project. Um, I like multitasking. I like solving multiple um, problems for for different clients and getting experience in different industries. So it's kind of cool whenever you go to the restaurant with your family and you can, you know, you can run into a plumber or you can run into you know, the owner of a restaurant or whatever, and you can tell them everything about their business and what drives it and what their profit margins are and all that kind of stuff. And they ask, oh, did you own a plumbing place or did you own this, a restaurant? And it's like, no, but I helped somebody run one. And so um, that professional curiosity really right out of school is what kind of kept me going and, and wanted me to learn more. And then as I developed that, those skills, I found that other clients in like-kind industries really liked hearing those stories. Um, and so I leveraged that to be able to, to you know, just keep adding to that um, Rolodex of information and just, you know, kind of went from there. Yeah, I, I really like that term used, the professional curiosity. Uh, I, don't, I feel like I haven't heard that used all that much, but I think it applies to someone who may be interested in, you know, hey, I want to be, I want to do something, I want to have a cool idea, I want to be cutting edge. I want to be different, but doesn't necessarily know the direction to go. But having that professional curiosity uh, over time, I, f I feel, would allow someone to kind of find what interests them the most, and and then you can you can get, you know get the ball rolling there, and it snowballs into, for your example, your own CPA firm. And I think that's really interesting. Um, yeah, so absolutely. Another question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so another question. I kind of have just changing gears a little bit um, with some of the employees that you do have. I was just kind of curious, what commonalities do you see in accountants who are successful? So if you think of maybe you can even include yourself into this into this category um, or even just employees that you have, uh, what commonalities do you see in a successful accountant and especially in those accountants who are you know just starting their career off? Yeah, if they have no experience, you mean? Yeah, um, yeah, a little experience, but you you see them, you go, you know, this person, you know, they're gonna they're gonna do something good with their life, they're gonna do something good with their professional career. What about that person makes you say that? Well, like I said, uh, you know, going back to that term, professional curiosity, I I talk about it with anybody that we interview and anybody that I talk to. I mean, I don't need a machine. I've got plenty of them, and they crunch a lot of data a lot faster than you ever could. I need somebody that can kind of look beyond the numbers and just want to really understand why the business is performing the way it is and how to make it better and do those kind of things. That's what I really need. So somebody that has that professional curiosity, asking questions, wanting to learn more, you know, that's extremely important. The other thing that, um, you know, you don't, uh, you don't see a whole lot is, um, you know, just taking ownership and tasks. Um, it's really easy to say, hey, I don't know this, or this is this person's job, or this department. Um, that's why typically, from an experience standpoint, we'll go after um, people that have what I call shoebox accounting experience, meaning they're used to working at a small public accounting firm where they just got a shoebox dumped on their desk and were told, figure it out. You know, unlike school where you get all these pieces to one big puzzle and you got to put it together, on well, real life, whenever you start working in public accounting, you only get about half the pieces. You have to kind of put it together and then go search for, for where the other ones fit in. 
And so those are the type of people that we're looking for. So if they can take ownership in what they're doing and see it all the way through, um, that's, that's another thing that's uh, really big. Um, you know, instead of just stopping and say, hey, where do I find this information? You know, Google it. That's, you know, nobody knows everything. You know, go to those common places. Try to figure stuff out for yourself and make sure you see the project all the way through. So, you know, from a, from a soft skills standpoint, again, professional curiosity and ownership. Um, and then from, you know, from technical abilities, I, you know, I, a lot of people just, you know, accounting is not like a smart or stupid thing. Either you get it or you don't. Um, if you got straight A's in, in accounting, it doesn't mean you know accounting. Um, it's, it's not that it can't be learned, but to me, I've, it's been described to me as like a foreign language. And like I said, you either get it or you don't. Um, and so I've known some great people that are CPAs that have their MBA that are horrible at accounting. Um, and so, and then other people that don't really have a whole lot of background and, and they're fantastic. It's just one of those things that it just clicks. Um, so, you know, having some innate uh, understanding of accounting conceptually is important. That's a little bit harder to tease out. But I can tell you that for younger folks going into the industry, like I mentioned before, tons of data out there. It's everywhere. There's tons of programs that will throw it up on the screen. But corralling that data is extremely important. So if you can take somebody that can be a good storyteller, you know, because they're curious, because they have ownership in the task, they can kind of work through the data and they can tell you what it means, but then also in turn go back and twist the data and compile it together, you know, through some information system degree, um, you know, some kind of programming. You know, whether it's back-end development um, for websites or it's, um, you know, VBA for Excel, you know, something like that. If you're really versed in it, meaning you didn't just take a course once or twice in Excel and you think you're okay because you can do a pivot table, but I mean really knowing how to like do some heavy and back-end programming, if you can do that and tell a story, uh, I mean, your, your light's out. I mean, you are, you are going to be very sought after because you can kind of do both. Um, and those, are, those folks are a little bit harder to find. You'll usually find somebody who's really good at one or really good at the other. Um, but if you can pair those together, like I said, that's definitely a recipe for, for success. Those are all incredible kind of nuggets of wisdom right there for everyone listening. I thought that was extremely well said. And you kind of led right into my other question I had for you, and it's kind of a, a silly question, but I, I like asking it. It's, you know, I, I'm always curious, what do you think someone can do or someone listening can do to impress their boss? Because at the end of the day, for some people who are in a staff role or a, a senior role who are still trying to work their way up, that's kind of what it comes down to at times. And just to kind of bullet point some of the things that, just to do a little recap, we've talked about professional curiosity, kind of looking beyond the numbers and understanding the big picture, just having some form of innate understanding of the accounting, um, and as well as specializing in a particular program, which, which uh, you had just touched on. Um, is there anything else that comes to mind of what someone can do to impress their boss or what someone does to impress you? Maybe it's something they can do tomorrow, next week, or maybe a year from now. Um, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I mean, whenever you're talking about the um – I mean, if you're particularly picking on like the younger industry and then, you know, assuming that you maybe have more of an older or traditional um, accountant as your, as your supervisor, I mean, right. coming into it, they just assume that you have this like, 
really heavy technology background that as a younger person you have a high comfort level with all this stuff. And you probably do and that's fine. But if you really want to impress somebody, like I said, if you understand programming and coding and you can do some really, really good stuff with Excel to twist some of that data and then tell the story, you know, figure out like, hey, this is a problem that I can solve and then I can do it compound, you know, I can pound all this data together and then, and then spit it up in a, in a dashboard kind of way, and you present that to you know, somebody, that, either a client or a supervisor or somebody like that, that goes a long way. It shows a lot of initiative, shows some creativity, and then as well, it shows some really good technical experience and, and things that we need as an industry because it's out there and there's software doing it for us. We've got to go out there and prove that um, the data itself isn't good enough you know, because it can be very misleading. Dashboards are, are really cute, um, but without somebody being the storyteller. Um, and, and that's what you could really do, I guess. I, I, would, I would, you know, dig into a problem and see if you can come up with a really creative solution and leverage your skills, um, you know, doing something, uh, particularly with, uh, you know, Excel or something of that nature, if you could. Yeah, and that's, that's definitely the more, I would say, more on the consulting side. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, you know, if you're, if you're working in that. I mean, if you're, if you're doing something with, um, you know, if you're doing something on an audit, if you're doing some, insur you know, assurance or you're doing uh, tax work or something like that, um, it's still, you know, still kind of the same thing. I mean, you know, it kind of comes back to the ownership of the task. Um, you're always going to have roadblocks and anything that you do. I think that if you can see something through and not go to your um, supervisor with open-ended questions. Whenever I started, I think what helped mold me a little bit was that I had very limited access to my, my partner that I had as my, as my number one source of, of backing me up on different stuff. So what I knew that I had to do was prior to going to him, I would have to outline exactly, I'd have to identify the problem and identify what I believe the solution to be. And then I usually had to work out a couple different solutions just in case. And then whenever I got that 30 seconds or a minute in front of him, what I would do is I'd say, hey, look, here's the problem, here's why it happened, and here's what I think the solution is. And sometimes I was right, sometimes I was wrong. But, um, you know, he would say, perfect, do this, do this, and then I could be out of his hair. That was that was huge. And then I would come back and, and let him know that the task was completed. So, you know, being able to follow up and, and really finish a process and take some ownership of it um, would impress anybody. And, you know, regardless of the, you know, I was giving you a very specific thing to do with the other, you know, on the consulting or on the, the accounting side of mm -hmm. things. But just in general, um, you know, taking that ownership level throughout the process and, and coming up with your own solutions is huge. I think that's extremely important for everyone starting out. And that's advice whenever I'm working with someone who's younger than me, or maybe an intern. Um, I, that's the first thing I say is when you have questions to ask, just be prepared. Because there's been times where I, I think it's all, it's all happened to us where we've walked in not really sure on how to complete a particular task. And uh, the, the partner may have a question or two, and you're not fully prepared to answer that, or you don't fully have an understanding of what your question to them is and you know it, it just causes confusion and you end up kind of looking a little silly there with not being prepared. 
So that's one thing I've learned, uh, you know, and yeah, not not only with your supervisor. Yeah. Yeah, not not only with your supervisor, but I tell the same thing whenever you call a taxing agency, if you call the IRS or whatever, if you're not prepared with what you know the answer is supposed to be, um, mm-hmm. they will talk you right out of whatever you're asking them. I can call them up, and if I want three different answers for the same question, I can get it from them because they'll just kind of get me off the phone or or they might not exactly know. So you got to be very strategic with how you ask the question and, and make sure that, again, like you said, you know you're prepared for, for what they might either ask you in return or they might tell you so that you can say, I already thought about that, and this is why that won't work. You know, now what? Yeah, well put. I, I believe that little sentence right there, be prepared with what you think the answer should be, is an important thing for all young accountants or CPAs to to understand. Um, now, just switching gears a little bit, um, I kind of like to ask this question of success because I would say, and I think most people would classify you've been very successful in your career, um, but success has different meanings to different people. So I'm curious, how do you define success? And part two of this question kind of being, is there ever going to be a point in your career where you're content, where you say, you know, okay, I've, I've reached my goal, and then you're just content, or is there always this drive to continue to be successful? Yeah, I would say uh, no with content, and the reason being is because, you know, the first part of that is growth. You know, that's what kind of, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that's what kind of, uh, that's what I'm always looking for. So growth in terms of, you know, I'm always just seeing if it can be a little bit bigger, whether that's, um, you know, hiring really cool people. And, you know, there was, whenever we started out, there was just the two of us. There's 40 of us now. I'd like there to be, you know, 200 of us. And I think that's a very attainable goal. So, um, no, whenever coming out of college, I had all kinds of goals, you know, and I've achieved all those, uh, you know, some sooner than later kind of a deal. And, and some took a little bit longer to achieve. Um, and then whenever I kind of got to where I am now, I thought to myself, you know, what's next? Because, you know, I, I feel like I've I've hit a lot of those milestones that I wanted to achieve. And it's like every time I look at my financials or, you know, how the the firm's doing, um, you know, I'm all it's it's limitless. Like, no, I'll never be content. And I think that uh, I think growth's important. And growth comes in many different ways. Like you said, it's either it can be revenue, it can be headcount, it can be technology, it can be in the services that we offer, it can be in how we offer them. Um, and so, no, I never think that uh, what we're doing is perfect. And um, you know, again, that's kind of why we tell everybody that joins our team that, hey don't plan on getting used to whatever that software technology is that we're using because they're always coming up with something bigger and better, and we like to be the beta. So be ready to change. Yeah, that willingness to change is, I think, important in, in this industry because in the past, I feel like it's been fairly slow moving, but now with technology, uh, it, it's changing all the time. And that ability to be ready to change, is going, it's going to be important for especially smaller CPA firms to survive as the industry changes. Yeah. I mean, uh, clients are getting smarter. They're they're needing more information, and they're looking to us to be able to deliver it. So everybody knows what they did yesterday. They want to know what they should be doing tomorrow, and that's, that's really our yeah, focus. Exactly. It's almost kind of what Steve Jobs would say is, 
you know, if you would make a product that you didn't even know you wanted, and it kind of sounds like that's what you're doing with your clients. You're kind of offering them a service that they didn't even realize CPA firms offered, but they love it. And I think that's great. So just right. to kind of close here, you've given us a ton of great advice. Uh, I've learned a lot just from this brief discussion. But now I want to know, what's, a, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received throughout your career? Hmm. I've, I've gotten a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, keep it simple. I think that uh, people overthink things a lot. Um, it's really easy to kind of get stressed out in this industry. You put a lot of pressure on yourself. And I think, um, you know, just making sure that you can kind of departmentalize some of that stuff and, and focus, I think, is, uh, has helped out a lot. Like I said, this industry can be pretty stressful because um, you're, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself because you're doing a lot of things for a lot of different people and they're counting on you. Um, so it's uh, it's really important just to kind of step back every once in a while and just kind of take a deep breath and just attack one thing at a time and see it through and and uh, yeah I don't know don't sweat the small stuff I guess is yeah the, okay that's the main story hey, that's always good advice and that can be applied to to anyone listening and you just don't want to be caught up in the in the small things you got to keep a keep an eye on the bigger picture. Well, Adam, I've really enjoyed speaking with you today, and I thank you for taking the time.